Welcome to the Super Expander Podcast. My name is Corrine Phelps, your host. I'm a business and growth coach, money mindset expert, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. My journey has taken me all over from working in finance to owning a boutique fitness studio. I found myself burnt out, miserable, and questioning everything. Saying things to myself like, there's got to be more to life than this. Refusing to settle for a mediocre existence, I went all in, learning how to harness untapped potential and rewire the subconscious mind to create an extraordinary life. The last 10 years have been a crash course in self-love, building a business, creating community, building wealth, and doing what it takes to just freaking go for it. My mission is to help you align to your purpose, Rewire your subconscious to support your big dreams and vision and create a life that you're absolutely obsessed with. So sit back, tune in, and prepare to expand. I say this all the time that I started a podcast and have conversations with extraordinary human beings. And today, ah, someone extra, extra extraordinary is with us today. I'm so excited to share with you Dr. Sam Rader. After 18 years as a clinical psychologist, Dr. Sam left the field to create Source Code, a new way of approaching growth and evolution. She believes that in our first five years of life, our early experience writes the codes in our unconscious, which then determines the way that our story unfolds. Dr. Sam helps people rewrite their code for a healthier, more beautiful life. The practice of source code is more quantum than mental, more spiritual and energetic than psychological. It focuses on the symbolic landscape that lives beneath and informs all of our daily concrete circumstances. Dr. Sam is authoring a forthcoming book on the 12 coping styles we adopted during childhood, which helped us then and hurt us now, and how we can heal from them. She believes that with enough support, good boundaries, and real love, we are all capable of becoming who we really are. Hello, hello, super expanders. Welcome back. I am thrilled to be sitting here and about to introduce this amazing woman to you. So I would love to share with you Dr. Sam Rader. Welcome to the Super Expander Podcast. Hi, Corey. Hello. So I always love to give a little bit of context. So Sam and I are new friends here. So we share the most amazing support, sort of our behind the scenes of our business, Sid. So that's the, the common thread that binds us together here. She's been just a lifesaver in my particular business and in my life. And so when she said, you know, you have got to meet Dr. Sam, she is an amazing woman. I knew that she I knew that she would be. And here we are on the Super Expander podcast, kicking off this conversation. So I'm really excited to just share you with the audience and all the things. So welcome. Yay. I'm so happy to be here. So everybody listening knows that there's just, we waste no time around here and we dive in deep because who has time for small talk? I mean, that's the way that I roll. So we're just going to go right in for the juicy deep stuff. So tell me, Dr. Sam, who are you deep down on a soul level? Deep down on a soul level, I think I'm just source energy, like every other soul. And the particular flavor of my soul is that I have a deep yearning to embody love and to bring more love into this world and to remind 
us all that we are only love. And I feel like a deep empathy for all things. So any time of conflict or destruction or indifference or cruelty is like something I can almost barely bear to experience because I feel everything so deeply. And I just feel a very like loving, protective, maternal feeling toward all things. Like I feel responsible (laughs) for all things on earth at all times and the cosmos. Um, And I just want everything to be in harmony and in love. I just want all beings to experience joy and fun and nourishing and respect and care. And I really deep down believe that we can. I really believe that we can. And it's kind of my life's mission to contribute toward that as much as I possibly can while I'm here. Mm, uh, so many things that you just said. I I feel that on a soul level. And I feel like this has got to be why Siv decided that we had to have this conversation because I do think that we can. So connecting to that power, that belief, has that always been the way it's been for you? You know, it's interesting. My childhood was very difficult. And the way I coped with it was to pretty much check out. So I was like a little doll. I was very performative and very intelligent and charming, but I felt nothing. So I had no feelings. I didn't cry as an infant or as a child. I also had no imagination. I didn't have a private inner world. I kind of went dormant for my teens where I just, I didn't feel anything. I didn't think anything. I didn't um, have an imagination. I didn't play. I didn't play with dolls. I didn't, you know, I, there was not much going on except I was meticulously sort of recording everything (laughs) that was going on in my life. Like I remember all of it now, but I didn't experience all of it. Then I was blank inside. And so I wasn't feeling a tremendous amount of empathy or a desire to help, or I just wasn't feeling much. As soon as I came to life and thought out and became fleshy and human and myself and my soul got to come alive. And as soon as I was animated as a living being, then yes, everything in my being wanted and yearned to contribute to greater love. Mm. But when I was little, not much was going on inside. So almost kind of like disassociated. Is that what you mean? Like, yeah, like it's, witnessing it, was a, it, from yeah, it was a weird kind of dissociation where I was fully present and experiencing everything, but there was just a layer of deep protection that I wasn't actually risking anything or feeling anything. Like it was like a little deadness inside, but like incredibly emotionally animated. And I was very vocal, very relational very charismatic child, but wasn't feeling kind of like an actor almost of my life. Mm. Yeah. So what was the the pivotal moment or what was the turning point? What changed that? Well, it's funny because that's where my expander comes in. No, okay. That's okay. Yeah, go. Let's just go right there. Because you skip all the way to my expander. There's no controlling how these conversations are just happen and unfold how they're supposed to happen. So Uh, if we're, we're just going to go right there, then let's talk about who your, who your expander has been and who they are. Okay. Beautiful. So when I was 16 years old and still in that place of a shell of myself, I met a woman named Taylor Ross, who at the time, her name was Taylor Bryan. And she was 22 years old. I met her through mutual friends and she was very similar to how I and you are now. She was very embodied, wise, joyful, playful, creative, spiritual, loving, generous, open. And she saw me. It's like, 
she looked in my eyes and saw me. And it was almost like that movie, 16 candles, like who me? Like, I was like, what? She was like, I choose you. She chose me as her best friend. And I was just this 16 year old. What I felt like was, you know, I was overweight at the time and I was just into drugs at the time. I, I, there was not much that I understood about myself, but she saw me and she was like, hi, you, you, there's a you in there. And I was like, there he is. And she was like, yes. And, um, you have a body. And I was like, I do. And I came into my body and she was like, yes. And there's such a thing as like creativity. And I was like, there is. And she helped me become, you know, a songwriter. And she's like, also massage. Like she was in massage school. And then I went to massage school and then she was a songwriter and I became a songwriter. And she was like, and there's this thing called spirituality. And I was like, what? You know, I wasn't raised with any religion or any spirituality. And she introduced me to all of that. She introduced me to, I don't know if you guys know that trilogy, the Neil Donald Welsh's books, um, Conversations with God. That was a, kind of my first entree into uh -huh. spirituality. And she brought me into all of that and brought me into her world and took me under her wing. And I stayed with her a lot of the time and she expanded me. And, you know, sometimes when people talk about angels, because I wasn't raised with religion, I honestly don't know. I've never seen a guide. Like I said, as a young child, I was blank. There was no imagination. So I don't know about spiritual guides. I don't know about angels. They may be there. I haven't ever seen or felt them. But what I do know about is angels on earth. People who literally open portals to new dimensions of like, like I was like, I was living in black and white and she took me into color. Wow. And it was like, I came alive for the first time in my life as a 16 year old. And I began to cry and I began to express myself and I began to feel a connection with something bigger than myself. It was unbelievable. Wow. So are you and Taylor still in yes. contact? Oh, yes. Connection? Very much you know, that my life is sort of coming full circle where my mentors are now becoming my students. Um, so she was in one of my classes recently. So that was really beautiful. And oh, she's still right. a close friend. Yeah. Oh, I have like chills with you You're saying that because, you know, I think that that in and of itself is a, a lesson, right? Because I think that so often people that we learn from, especially when we look to them as in an expander capacity, we can sometimes put them on pedestals mm -hmm. and have this idea or thought that we don't actually both have learnings to come from each other. Cause I, and I even, I always think this inside of any of the programs that I ever teach, I learn as much from the people that I am teaching, whatever my teachings are or whatever I'm teaching on or whether I'm leading, I'm always blown away. I'm like, okay, so I, I, this is crazy. Cause I'm learning more from you than I, maybe you're learning from me. <laughs> Absolutely. And I remember very distinctly when I was 16 and hanging out with Taylor, I would look up at her. She was on a pedestal and I was like, wow. And she was like, no, you too. And I was like, no, no, I could never be like you. I was so certain. I was like, I could never be like you ever. I could never touch the way that you touch. I could never sing the way that you sing. I could never. And she just looked at me like, huh, interesting that you believe that. And as the years went by, these little touchstones and milestones would happen where it's like, oh, I went to the same Scottish school you did. Oh, now I'm writing music. Oh, now I'm becoming a psychologist, you know? And she would just look at me and kind of be like, yeah, you're just like me. <laughs> like we all have it inside, you know, this, this magic and this connection to source and this connection to creativity and depth and wisdom, we all have it inside. It just needs to be awakened or expanded into by our expanders. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And expanders are such a, I think, important thing in our life and in our business. And we were even just touching on this before we actually hit record, which is that knowing that your expanders don't always have 
to fill all the roles of what you might need. That expanders actually can fill just a very specific role for you, whether it's, you know, learning how to become more creative and there's an expander for like just creativity for you, which I think is, is really important, which I think also lends itself to really highlight how you could be an expander, even for your own expander, just like you mentioned how she mm-hmm. Taylor was in one of your most recent programs or courses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. So several let's... of my mentors are now in my courses. It's oh my gosh. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. So let's talk a little bit about your courses and really kind of give a little bit of context of where from being 16 and kind of (laughs) having this awakening and coming into this, you know, whole new way of being Mm -hmm. the journey of where that started to where you are now, like, and how that's all come Mm -hmm. to life and the work Mm -hmm. that you do in this world. Gosh, even hearing you say that, I'm just like feeling all the feels in my body. I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. I really did have such a sweet journey to to get here. And I'm 43 now. And I was a psychologist for 18 years. And then I decided to leave that behind because I've created a new healing modality that I call source code. And as I brought source code to the public, it's started to become more and more obvious that what I do isn't at all psychology. It's not to do with the mind. It's not clinical. It's It's quantum it's much more spiritual and energetic than mental or psychological. And the main healing function of source code is love. Whereas, you know, in the clinical fields, love is like a four letter word. It's not allowed. It's frowned upon. So yeah, so I'm doing something completely different now. And in the process of retiring my psychology license. Mm, I have so many questions. First, I'm going to kind of start with the last question first and we'll reverse engineer. I always find it so fascinating as you start talking about the work that we do and what we're doing now and the journey that got you there. Because I think that obviously you cannot connect dots looking forward, but mm-hmm. as you start to bring source code into the world and to mm-hmm. more, more people, which we'll talk about exactly what that is in just a minute. Mm-hmm. When you think about where you are today to the journeys that you've gone through, I think it's really interesting to hear and to highlight for people how each particular experience has been a stepping stone to the next, because I feel like we can often get caught up and think, oh, that experience was a waste. I like wasted Mm -hmm. my time doing that thing. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of times it doesn't make sense until many, many years in the future, when you actually really start potentially living in your purpose or doing Mm -hmm. the thing that you were absolutely meant to be doing, Mm -hmm. that these were all these like training grounds for the thing that you're doing now and the thing that you're doing Mm -hmm. now wouldn't have been possible Mm -hmm. had these other experiences other potentially careers jobs Mm -hmm. education pieces would have never been you wouldn't be where you are today I mean I'm in deep reverence of everything you're saying and like I'm such a testament to that starting from my difficult childhood because source code is based on I've identified there's really only 12 glitches in our source code or 12 ways our childhoods can mess us up. Because being a psychologist, I really started to understand the developmental stages in our first five years of life. And at each developmental stage, we're looking to learn or integrate a certain aspect of ourselves. And if we get the support we need, that goes off without a hitch. And if we don't get the support we need, we have to adapt by adopting what I call a coping style. And that coping style sort of contorts us and it becomes an aspect of our personality but it's not who we really are. It's a defense mechanism. So all of us have several, I had all 12, which is what allowed me to be the conduit for the work. 
So again, had I not been wounded in every way you can be wounded, I would not have developed this technology that, forgive me for saying, but it's the most elegant style of healing I've ever seen practiced. It's so quick. You know, people have said to me, wow, I got more in one hour with you than 10 years of therapy. Like the precision is bananas. And it's, it's all, it all began with that pain. So like even there, you know, but then also like all these little funny pieces, like I owned my own PR company for 10 years to put myself through grad school. And now I get to pitch myself to media outlets and grow my thing. Or like I started in psychology by doing somatic experiencing, which is a body-based thing. And then I took a sharp left turn from there and became depth oriented. But now source code marries the mind and the body and the spirit and the, you know, the energy field. And so it's like each of those pieces are all essential parts of my story that are varying me into this new world. I need, even like in, in college, I double majored in cognitive science, which is like neuroscience, computer science, which is like source code is based in, you know, metaphors of computer science. And then I double majored in that and Eastern religion, Hinduism, Buddhism, Taoism, which source code is completely based in a sort of Hindu mythology that is really now we're calling it the quantum, but it's literally everything that shaped me has all come together and synergized into exactly who I am and what I do. You're blowing my mind here. And the only thing I keep thinking about is this doesn't even make any sense. So just tell me to shut up. It, it no, bring it, bring it. But I feel like a dominant thought that I have had very much recently, and it's kind of coming up and listening to you talk is how tired I am of almost like we're going to call it the matrix or the, yes. the media or the world sort of selling this idea that parts of us have to be compartmentalized. Oh my God. And like how it depletes you of your energy and making shifts and change and like the self-awareness and seeing things for the way that they are. I mean, of course we all have to have like certain boundaries in our life. So I don't, I'm not really talking about boundaries when I am referring to compartmentalize, but it's kind of like this idea that work is work, relationship is relationship. This other stuff over here is over here, but it's like when we start to merge all of that together, like A, the potency and the power that comes through and comes forth is that like, you're not really meant to separate them and being sold this idea that you are supposed to separate them is what takes away your power. 100%. Everything you're saying is word for word, the journey I've been on like the last two and a half years, which is a big part of why I decided to leave psychology behind. Because in that clinical field, the compartmentalization is very rigid. And there's this idea, there's a certain way to be professional and everything else is bad and wrong and punishable and unprofessional. And the way to be professional is that there can be no self in the room. There can be no real relationship in the room. There can be no love in the room. There can be no owning of your adult, mature, sexual self. There can be no owning of your playful young self. Like you just have to be this clinical blank canvas. And I think it's actually keeping our clients stuck because it's reorienting them around this split of like, listen, I'm the perfect clinician who has it all figured out. You're the sick one. Mm -hmm. And um, we're here to talk about why you're sick. And I know how to make you better. Oh my goodness. So it keeps things in this sick paradigm. And, you know, I had this really interesting experience where I had entered into the world of Instagram and gone public. And I was still in that frame of, I'm a psychologist. 
And I was very much afraid of being myself. And I felt like I had to be really careful of what I said and how I said it and how I sat and how I talked. I felt like there was this super ego, the board of psychology looking over my shoulder about to cancel me at any moment. And this random follower who I don't even know reached out to me and was like, Hey, are you afraid of the board of psychology? And I was like, what? And her name is Layla. And I was like, uh, yeah, (laughs) she's like, I can feel it in every video and it's boring and I can't feel you and I need more from you. And I want more of your sensuality, your sexuality, your, your adultness, your vivaciousness, your power, your, ah, I want to feel you. I want to feel you. And I was like, Whoa, what the fuck? So we had a meeting, like an hour long meeting with this stranger and she just drew me out. And I also had another woman, my vibrational coach, Lorelai Bayette, who was saying the same thing to me and that they started coding me and helping me see that what I'm doing with source code is actually bigger than the board of psychology. It's not that they're looming over me and I'm doing something bad. It's that my system just can hold more, more love, more um, welcoming of all the parts And so that's how I started to grow beyond that system um, and integrate more, more of myself and take risks on Instagram, like posting a sexy photograph of myself being like, yeah, I'm still Dr. Sam and I'm a serpent, a queen, a visionary, a mad woman, a child, a lover, a, a healer, a like everything. I am everything. So are you. Let's all be all the things. That's the only way we find real balance and integration is when we know we are all the things. Mm, getting chills over here. As Me you're, too. You're really you're, tapping into the main line. <laughs> I have a question for you. Have you joined the Super Expander free mentorship community? If not, what are you waiting for? Stop what you're doing right now and text the word mentor to 202 918 three, two, three, five, text the word mentor to two Oh two nine one eight three, two, three, five. I send out weekly tips and inspiration to help you grow your business, to step into your wealthiest, most highest self, to harness your full potential and live an exceptional and extraordinary life. And the best part is it's really me sending those messages. So text me, say hello, and send me your questions. So let's go a little deeper then and talk a little bit more about really what source code is. I mean, I obviously we're getting hints and glimmers and as we're talking about this, but like, Mm -hmm. let's really dive in. Okay. Beautiful. So the way I see it, our brains are like little computers. They get programmed by our early experience. So in our first five years, we're going through those developmental stages, needing what we need at each stage. And if we don't get what we need, we get a glitch in our code. The way I see the world is that everything we experience is a holographic projection from this coding. So I do believe we live inside of a matrix, very similar to the film, The Matrix, except I don't believe on the other side, there's some dystopian reality with AI taking over or anything like that. On the other side, it's just pure consciousness. But in this realm, we are experiencing what we're experiencing by how we were programmed. So when people come in and they tell me, okay, I tell them, hey, what's your problem? What's what's going on? within the first few sentences, I already can see their code. So I've trained myself over the years to have this x-ray vision where I see beyond the surface of things, beyond the concrete stories and the details and the circumstances in their lives. And I'm able to see through it, beyond it to the symbolic nexus that keeps getting re-expressed in this situation and that situation. 
but it's the same exact story or play getting played out over and over again because these certain archetypal symbols and the way they go together is the pattern, a fractal pattern that keeps repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating in their lives. So what source code does is we don't want to know all the details of your day or your relationships or what's happening in the concrete because that's where things get stuck is in the concrete. You tell us just a few details and we go, okay, I see the coding. And we start to go down, down into the coding. Source code, among other things, it's it's a new language where we speak in intentionally vague symbolic language where we're able to speak to the coding. And what I've found is what the coding needs in order to heal is two things. Very simple, but it's very elegant work, but it's simple. Number one, it needs a clear mirror of itself. So you have to be able to mirror the coding back to itself. And that's when it starts to stop being so active and loosen up a little bit. And then once it fully feels itself and the hall of mirrors of like, oh yeah, my boss is a bully and my husband's a bully because my dad was a bully and on the street, the cars are bullying and bully, 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 bully. Oh, it's everywhere. It's not just this one situation. It's this hall of mirrors. Once you see that and you feel that and you're like, oh shit, you start to get freed a little bit. And then the next thing that needs to happen with source code is we introduce a new line of code. What if there didn't have to be such a big split in power? What if all things got to have power? What if there were no bullies and no victims? And what if that gets to feel like that between you and me right now? We work in the relationship too. So we're working in the energy field. We're working with the symbols. We recode the person. What's bananas is that from there, they feel completely differently, but also their world shows up completely differently. The boss is no longer a bully. That is because we live in a matrix. And when the coding shifts, the play that we're inside of has shifted. So the people don't have to play the old characters. They get to play new characters. So life shows up for us completely differently as we shift our coding. And that's what source code is all about. Well, that's wild. As I'm listening to you talk about this, which like I'm very well-versed in like the subconscious mind and how it's forming. And I just like have this vision of your parents being these coders, but yes. then, then the problem is, is that they had coders, right? I mean, it's like, right. You're talking about this hall of mirrors and it's like, they're only coding based on the coding that they got and they're just passing it on to you. But I also, what I'm, as I'm listening and finding super fascinating about this is obviously things show up based on our perception, right? And once we shift our self-awareness around that, how it gets to be different. But I almost am then thinking is like, then does your boss know? Does he feel it? And does there start to be conversations around like, wow, I feel different with you now. I mean, I feel like the ripple effect really taking a hold and seeing how that could shift. But I also kind of am wondering, is there like a keen awareness that that starts to happen? Are people having conversations like that? Like, wow, my boss was like, whoa, you're different. I'm different. Whoa, we are different. A lot of people talk to me about this ripple effect you're talking about. And a lot of people in the boss position or the partner position or the whatever do say, wow, I feel really different, right? But some of them who aren't able to be that aware don't know what's going on at all. Or sometimes if they can't know about the subtle, sometimes the hologram creates some concrete thing like, no, no, I just, I took up meditation. That's why I'm calm. It's logical, Mm. logical. No, no, I started meditating last night. I know, no, I didn't change because of you or source code. I changed because- uh, I took up meditating last night. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Cool timing. <laughs> Look how that Amazing. worked out. <laughs> I, love, I love that for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there is a massive ripple effect. And part of my hope with source code too, is that 
we work on the individual level, but also on the systems level and on the level of, you know, countries or businesses or larger things. And we can have a much bigger effect on the collective as well through sort of quantum activism. Oh, that's juicy. So let's talk about quantum activism. Great. First, for anybody listening that doesn't have a full understanding and sense of quantum, let's start there. Okay. So in basic quantum physics, you guys have probably heard of an experiment where when we look for a particle, we find a particle. And when we look for a wave or energy form or light form, light wave, we find a wave. So is it a particle or is it a wave? Well, it is whatever we are looking for. In other words, our state of consciousness or belief or our relationship to the concrete world determines how the concrete world shows up for us. So what we're believing, what we're thinking, what we're expecting, the story we're bought into is the story that will play out in our lives. So source code is based on reprogramming at the symbolic level, which affects the quantum field that we're living inside of. So it affects everything in the real world to change our coding affects the real world. So what I've noticed is when I created this idea of quantum activism, I noticed I had a lot of friends who were activists, very aware of the ills of the world, fighting very hard for social change, really fighting the good fight. But fighting matter with matter is a slow, painful, violent process. Mm -hmm. Then I had a bunch of friends in the quantum space who know exactly how to manifest and do things in the subtler realms of energy. But oftentimes I noticed they were focusing only on themselves. I want this car, this house, this partner, this job, this money. Both are wonderful. But I thought, gosh, what if we could marry the two? And what if we could do some of our quantum work for the collective? Mm. What if we could work in the quantum field with how we recode ourselves and how we recode the field itself in order to create a field where conflict is no longer normal? or no longer what we're focused on, no longer what we create together as a species. That's just one example. So learning how to make massive changes in the collective through our level of consciousness, instead of just fighting, not, not to say you shouldn't go out and you know march and sign petitions and give money to organizations and you know be, be a part of organizations. I'm not saying stop being an activist and I'm not saying stop manifesting for yourself. I'm just saying, and, Let's see what can happen if we start to try to affect the collective through consciousness, through love, through our awareness. Mm, I feel like a lot of things could shift and change and speak about ripple effects. So, as I'm sitting here, I'm not even going to bring up politics, but I, I think that a lot of good could be done in the world and with such almost ease, right? It could just kind of like the boss being different. Everybody yes. could show up on the other side of the world and yeah. Can I different. say something about that without getting deep into politics? I just want to say that sometimes when the person who believes different from us politically can be a bit dehumanizing. Mm, yeah. And they otherize and they discriminate and they dominate. Our response to them is often to be inside of their fractal, their hologram, their energy field, and do the same thing to them. We're in the mirror image of that energy. And we're perpetuating that energy. 100%. It's, it makes me think of 
when you're, you're basically trying to diffuse, whether it's like a divorce, like, or a negotiation between, yeah, mediation. Well, there we go. That was the word I was looking for. Thank you. So in mediation, people are fighting, right? They're, they're like butting up against each other. But when you start to peel the layers back, you start to see that the actual desire of both parties is the exact same desire. And when you're able to show that to the two parties, it's like, whoa, Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Then we can actually find a way to agree here because you want the same thing and you want the same thing. We just were not seeing that we both wanted the same thing and we were fighting really hard against each other because of it. Yes. And I think that's true in almost every situation of conflict. In every rupture, there's a repair waiting to happen. It's always a misunderstanding. It's always just based on assumptions and fear. And and then when you really slow it down, go, wait, what were you thinking and feeling and needing? Oh, that's not so scary after all. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just a matter of like communication and feeling seen and feeling heard, but dropping enough of the guard down to actually have a conversation about it. But I think super fascinating talking about working on an energetic level and like a quantum level is that you don't necessarily have to go through all of the resistance to get there. You can just get to the understanding. Yes. And then it just gets to melt away, which almost seems like too good to possibly be true. Yes. But I also know that it's not. It's like, you didn't have to go through the battle to get to the agreement. Nobody had yes. to win. Nobody had to lose. Like Absolutely. we could just all be winners. Absolutely. I'm sorry to swear, but yes, I'm with you. And, you know, a big part of source code, a big part of the feedback that I get when people do my, you know, 12 week coping styles intensive, or just start to learn about source code in general, read my book they start to say, my God, I don't see anyone as bad anymore. Because if someone's acting out or looking really ugly or monstrous, I just see straight through to their wounds. Mm -hmm. Source code gives us that x-ray vision because there are no bad people. It's only hurt people that hurt people. And so as soon as you start to see who would have been the villain in the old story where there is conflict and right and wrong and good and bad and a fight, and you look at the quote unquote villain, you're like, oh, fuck, they're omnipotent and indulged and frustrated and provocative. Oh, wow. They were really hurt. And I could see why they're acting out in this way. And I have compassion and I actually know how to help them too. I know what someone omnipotent needs in order to be stopped and healed so they can feel safe. So each of the coping styles has its corresponding antidote. Mm. So someone omnipotent just needs to feel safe. Someone frustrated just needs to be able to say no directly to be able to get in flow. Someone provocative where there's no boundaries and they're just causing drama everywhere and love triangles and fights and whatever, they just need to get clear. They just need to get clear. That's it. What I love about source code is that, again, even in the same, it's that same fractal of ease where there doesn't need to be a big catharsis to get there. Like with source code, it's so gentle, but it's deeper than other work like therapy or coaching. It's like, it's so gentle. It doesn't take some big popping off to do it. It's just a subtle shift. And then your whole world is different. Like we just don't need to be in so much drama anymore. Yeah. You don't need to make things, make things so complicated. So, so difficult, right? Yeah. You can actually just allow it to be easy in, in a way. Yes. Gosh, I have like so many thoughts. I'm like, oh, hold on. Let me, let me try to like organize them. Cause I have all of these, all of these questions. So let's talk. I love your more. questions. This is my, like maybe my favorite podcast I've ever done. Like it's <laughs> so juicy. <laughs> so source code, how long did it take you to compile it into this way that you could convey it to someone? Cause it, it's clearly, if we're talking about complexity. It's super complex. I'm sure your experience to get it to where it's not complex. <laughs> 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And my, what I love about it now is that it is so simple now. That's what pe- I get a lot of feedback around. Oh my God, how is it so simple and so easy and, and work so well. Um, but basically when I was a psychologist, I read this book called character styles by this man called Stephen Johnson, another expander for me. And it was written from the psychoanalytic perspective that we have these developmental changes as children. And when we don't get what we need, we adopt a character style. I call them coping styles. He called them character styles. He is someone I said, let's collaborate on a book for the general public. Cause this was written for a psychoanalytic psychologist. Let's teach everyone about the character styles. It's changing my life to know about this. And he was like, you have my blessing. He was ill, has, has passed away since then. He's like, take the work forward. So I started doing it as a psychologist. And he had seven character styles in his book. Mine are 12 because I took his book and I rewrote it with my conscious mind in 2011. And I sent it out to a million book agents and everybody said no. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? Because I know I'm the conduit for this material. I know this material is going to change the world. Why is everyone saying no? Well, it's because I wrote it from my head and I wrote it from psychology and I wrote it based on his book instead of my experience. What happened next was the universe put me through this bananas labyrinth for 10 years where they would put me in the center of the labyrinth of one particular style. And I wouldn't know what was going on. My life would just fall apart in these very specific ways. And I would feel in a tremendous amount of pain, a specific kind of pain. And I'd be like, what is this pain? Where did it come from? And how the hell do I get out of it? This happened 10 times or 12, sorry, 12 times for 12 different coping styles over 10 years. And I would learn everything about it experientially. And there was this sort of like synchronistic magic where all of my clients and friends would also be muddling through that one at the same time. It was like this wild ride and we would all be teaching each other and trying to find the way out. And over time, my tools would get more and more precise and sharp and and gentle and effective of liberating. Oh, when you feel this way, it's because of this, it's got this name around it and here's how to feel better. And it's now become so swift and easeful that source code's really like a map of like, if you feel off, you're only off in one of 12 ways. There's only 12 problems we have as human beings. And so it took that 10 year odyssey. And I don't want to sound like a martyr here, but it was, it was hard. It was so painful. My life was so troubled in 12 specific ways for 10 years, but then I would find the way out. And as soon as I found the way out, I could put pen to paper and actually write the chapter, but I had to live the chapters before I could write them. Writing them only took a couple of weeks. Living them sometimes took a year, many months, if not a year. So it's been, it's been a wild ride. And then that was still all under the guise of psychology. And it wasn't until turning public facing about two and a half years ago that I created the 12 week coping styles intensive. When I started teaching people in the public, I started noticing that in our two hour meetings, They would have what I call the holy shift. Their whole lives would change. What used to take me 10 years in the therapy room, maybe four years minimum of meeting with someone every week for them to shift. They were having the holy shift in two hours where they would come out of one of their main coping styles. And I was like, are you joking me? And their lives would just change and be, and I was like, oh my God, this is quantum. This isn't psychology. This is quantum. It's energy. It's not the mind. It's the energy field. And I'm recoding them in this two hours. Oh my God. And this is the feedback we get is like, my stuff has only been public for like a year and a half. And we have at this point, I think nearly a hundred single space pages of testimonials of people saying I've never in my life experienced myself this way. I, I didn't even know what was in my way, or I've been trying for 20 years in therapy. I mean, it's pages and pages and pages of people like, 
what is life, <laughs> you know? And so um, that was the process. It was a very experiential process. Source code is very experiential. So what I love about that, and I guess just even connected into my knowledge of quantum, quantum field, the work that I do, and the understanding, which I feel like, let me preface this with, I am not telling anyone that they don't need to ever seek out professional, like psychiatric help. But in my experience, in like the talk therapy realm, it's literally, it's like practicing being pissed off, right? So you talk about the problem. And then you keep just sitting with the problem and then you get caught up in the problem and then you relive the problem. So then you just like anchor it in even more. And now you want to talk about it more. And it's just this like vicious loop. And then people stay in this talk therapy and they have years and years and years. And then they experience something like source code. And then they're like, holy shift. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and now you see why I'd say that. I guess I, I, I get it. And then you're like, wait, hold on. I see like so clearly, how did I not see that before is just because talking about it in that way just kept you so entrenched down in it. You could never see from this like bird's eye view, just remove the boulder. Exactly. So I have a team of 13 coaches and therapists that work for me. We call ourselves the source code solvents because we dissolve brutal defenses, resolve childhood wounding and solve recurring problems. Mm. And we do sessions, you know, you would do a therapy session, except we can do one-offs. And again, in that one session, you can go farther than, you know, years of therapy, at least in my experience of how it works, because let's say you have, you have that main boss, right. And you come into therapy every week, like, oh my God, you're never going to leave what he did this week. And you're so in the content that you're missing the forest for the trees. You're missing that this bully archetype is like whack-a-mole. It's if, even if you somehow quit the job and get away from the boss, it's just going to pop up over here. It's going to pop up with the next job or the next partner or the next thing, because we haven't dealt with the symbol that's running your life. So in source code, we dissolve all that content and all of those specific stories. We're like, care not about boss. Ooh, bully. Hmm. There's a symbol here. Let's slow this down. Let's sit with the symbol and let's start to reprogram down on that symbolic level. And then voila, new boss, either he's a new person or someone else shows up. So just like sitting here thinking about it, it's like manifestation on a whole nother, on a whole nother level. So, it's so wild. The hardest thing is trying to know how to tell people because it sounds fantastical. The thing about source code is it's inviting us into the quantum age. It's like, okay, life isn't quite what we thought it was. There's this new healing modality that addresses how life actually is, which is it's a hologram. So source code does the surgery on the hologram, not on your body, not on your mind, on the energy field that you're inside of. My thought is on this. It's kind of like you're already manifesting, right? But why don't you just start manifesting in a different way, right? So the the bully boss, you're already manifesting that, right? Precisely. So you, what you don't know is that you're actually manifesting that. So yes. how about you get to just decide now to start manifesting a better situation? You're exactly right. Our parents are our unconscious coders and our manifesting is this unconscious manifesting. So what source mm -hmm. code does is make it all conscious, that generational pain that's been handed down through the millennia, we get to say, you know what? The buck stops with me. I'm going to do this differently. I'm going to recode myself. 
and I'm going to live in love and wholeness in connection to who I really am. And I get to play here and not keep creating from my wounds. Because when you're inside a wound, you don't even know you're in it. And then everything you create has the energetic signature of that wound on it. Mm. Yeah. Juicy, powerful. I feel like we could just sit here and talk about this for just like hours and hours and I know it's hours. my favorite thing to geek out on. <laughs> As you can see, it's also, it's also mine. Okay. So everyone's listening. I know that they want to know more about how they can learn more about it, how mm-hmm. they could experience it. So let's talk about that. How, how do they get into your world? I think the best way in is Instagram. I'm Dr. Sam Rader, S-A-M-R-A-D-E-R, D-R-S-A-M-R-A-D-E-R. And in my link tree on there, there's like how to read my book. Cause right now I'm doing a membership where you can read my book one year ahead of publication oh. if you're in the membership now, and then also have free live zooms with me where I can do coding on you in the zooms. And you can ask any questions you have. We've got the one-on-one work with the solvents. We've got the 12 week intensive. I've also channeled a lot of quantum masterclasses. There's one on quantum wealth. There's one on boundaries. There's one on what I call break your face, which is like an orchestrated gentle ego death, like a voluntary ego death where you're like, oh, I don't like this aspect of my being. So I'm going to take this class and use the class to let it go. Yeah. So there's a lot of ways into my world, but those are the main ones I can think of now. Mm, Okay. So we'll make sure that your Instagram is in the show notes so that they can go over and get to your link tree to find all of the goods that you just shared so you can welcome them into your world. So make sure you go over, follow Dr. Sam, say hello, let her know that you heard about her on yes. the Super Expander podcast. Download all the things, all the links, get in all the master classes. So if there was one little- Oh, I also thing- do one-on-one coding sometimes myself, although I'm really bananas expensive, so- <laughs> Well, you never know. Somebody might be listening and they'll just be like knocking on your door and, and asking yeah. to, to come do some, yeah. some one-on-ones. You want to work with me? Yeah. Amazing. So if there's one like juicy nugget of wisdom and mm. parting words that you might mm. want to share to like close this and tie it in a bow, what would it be? Okay. The next time you find yourself upset about something, something really bothering you, take your attention off of that something. Slow yourself down, close your eyes, breathe, go deep within. How are you feeling? What is the myth or the symbolic landscape or the story that's showing up in this specific thing that you're upset about? Take your attention off the specific thing. Go inside, find the myth, find the story. Then once you fully feel it, remember where it came from, from your first five years or your early childhood, you probably can't remember that young, but just in the frequency of how did my early family system shape that story? And how have I seen that story play out time and time and time and time and time again? Again, don't give power to the specific concrete thing because what we resist persists. So let go of the specific concrete thing, come to the story and then see if you can hold the story with compassion and let the feelings run through. If you feel anger, feel it all the way. You feel grief, feel it all the way. You feel helpless, feel it all the way. You feel fear, feel it all the way. Then on the other side, think to yourself, how would I rewrite that story? What other story would I want to tell about my life? What could be possible for me if that same story doesn't keep showing up again and again in my hologram and uh, really journal about it, spend time with it every day. And each time that story pops up again in the new form, go, oh, there's that story again. Instead of believing the hype, no, this person really did this thing to me. Uh -uh -uh. Take it off the person. That's giving that other thing way too much power. This old story keeps happening to me. Am I ready to let it go? Maybe you can take the break your face. I broke my face. 
and my whole life changed overnight. And so the break your face class is, is based on that, but. <sighs> well, it sounds like the break your face class is maybe a little less painful than the physical breaking of your <laughs> yes. face, but I love the journey. I love the, the parting words of wisdom in that this keeps showing up. Am I ready to let go of it? Because I think that's such a powerful question to ask because oftentimes the pain, the discomfort, these things that we talk about, like the cyclical things, we're so angry, we're so mad about them. But also there's this other payoff that we've been living and this like secondary gain of this thing continuing on and having that moment of like recognition around that is huge where you're like, oh, ooh, am I ready to let go of this pain story? Zinger. Zing, zing, zing. <laughs> oh my goodness. Such a wealth of knowledge and power and wisdom. So I'm really, really grateful that I had this opportunity to have this conversation with you. So thank you so much for, for sharing, for carving out the time to be here. I love this conversation. I feel so lit up. I feel so understood. I feel so connected to you. And by the way, the coping style that I employed as a child and was an empty, that was like a subtype of the disconnected coping style called masked disconnected. So what we're yearning for when we're masked is to be understood and believed and really deeply connect. And that's why I feel with you today. Ah. So thank you for being a part of my new story and uh, being part of this safe world where it's allowed, where I'm allowed to land and be in my body and be here and it's safe. Uh, I got chills. My goodness. Well, on a soul level, I, I feel like I understand you deep, deep down. So that's what we're here to do, right? This is our, our life's work. So Absolutely. much appreciate you. And I can't wait for everyone to dive into your work and create the ripple effect in the world that is so, so needed. Oh, wait, one quick thing in the end. Mm -hmm. There's a free quiz. I forgot. That's like the best way in. <laughs> oh, well, go take the free quiz. Stop the free quiz. Doing. We'll tell you your top coping style. Yep, so stop, stop what you're doing. Pull over because you're probably driving right now because that's where <laughs> we all uh, half the time we're listening to the podcast. So pull over <laughs> in a safe place and take the quiz. And we should put that link in the show notes. Absolutely. We'll make sure that is in the show notes. So thank you so much. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. This was a pleasure and an honor. Likewise, we will catch you on the next episode. If you like what you heard, stop, drop, and leave a five-star review and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. As always, the best way that you can thank our amazing guests is to share your biggest takeaway and then tag us on social media.